This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good morning, JR. Let's hear the excuses. No, I set my my alarm for PM, not AM, and I woke up. <laughs> can't keep using that one, man. That's like you can't be I late do it twice. All the time. Oh. Like, I'm never late. I'm never late. But that's the only reason I get I'm late. PM AM. <laughs> Can we just talk about Joe fucking Pavelski? Joe, Are you shitting me? Joe Fart Pavelski. Remember his nickname? You used to call him Fart. Fart. Yeah, Fart. I don't That's know right. what he was eating, man, but it was it farted constantly. Just I, I don't know if he was him. eating or because he was nervous when he was young, when he was younger. Because he was, you know, he wasn't the biggest guy, so he was so nervous. His stomach is all fucking up. <laughs> yeah, man. Little, I mean, little, little. Oh man, those are pro, those are but protein I, farts, boys. Those are that's all healthy. He was trying to so, he was trying to put on weight because he oh, was probably, skinny. Uh, like yeah, skinny is all hell. Slowest guy in the NHL. Not a chance that this guy is going to last longer than two seasons. I look at his stats just before we, because we, we were talking about him uh, this morning. 1,250 games, JR. He had a thousand, he just got a thousand points, thousand and, and one. And uh, you look at what this guy's done 450 goals he scored. And I cannot believe he's done it's it. It's unbelievable. Money. 
It's unbelievable. 450 goals. But listen, hey, Riv, you saw it with your own eyes. I, I have never seen a guy work on his craft more than Joe Pavelski after every single practice, whether it's a regular practice or it's a morning skate. Yep. Joe Pavelski's in front of that net, tipping pucks, tipping pucks, tipping pucks, tipping pucks. Those two tipping goals last night from Joe Pavelski might have been the most epic tips that I've ever seen. The one, in the, the, the one into the top corner was uh, to bat nope. that out of the air, man. That's in a high pressure moment like that. I would like to know out of 449 games or 449 goals, how many goals he out of those 449 has scored within five feet of the net five. I mean, I want you to think about this five feet from the corners, the circumference around that net. How many goals have scored from there? I'm going to say 500, uh, 400. I'm going to say 400. Right. You know, and it was the same with, same with Keith Kachuk. Okay. Cause Keith Kachuk was very, was one of the best net front presence guys I have ever seen in my life. Um, but Joe Pavelski is able to do it as a small guy. Right. And no matter, no matter where that puck comes, his stick is around that puck. It doesn't yeah. matter. And he is, and he got hurt. Because he's so va- he's, he has so much courage. I mean, he was going to the net to score that goal and just got destroyed, which is why we call him the the danger areas. Right? I still I the still high, can't believe he played areas. last night, but that's you know it's still unbel- it's unbelievable to me. He's got a he's got a partially separated shoulder as well. So you think about what Joe Pavelski did last night, and that that makes that loss last night for the Dallas Stars hurt me even more is because joe came and just just picked that city up off it what an absolute waste that to lose that game when you have one guy pop pop four fucking goals what a waste of a of a of a game for them the fact well, that the board, the board said that See, when he was asked about it he said we wasted it we wasted an unbelievable night by an unbelievable player we wasted oh, wow. something special yeah so i thought that was pretty cool good for him yeah that's very cool but it, you look what happened. Dallas literally they go up with one nothing, and it's almost like they it's it's almost like they fell asleep for five minutes. The four the the three three goals that that Seattle scored last night were it was a it was a mental breakdown. It was a, a defensive lapse of yeah. concentration. And and by the way, um, this. The Ottinger can't be can't be blamed for these. These are fucking shots, man. I mean, these were shots that goaltenders have a lot of trouble. But still, you can't leave your goaltender out to dry like that. Yeah, no, Jr. I'm I'm gonna disagree with you there, bud. Um, five goal five goals were scored on Ottinger. Ottinger's an absolute monster. I have no, Dallas talking, going no, to the. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about early in the game in the first period. Yeah. Okay. First period, the the shot the the, the shot by um, by Borkstrand, top corner can't get any higher. The shot by um, who who scored the second one that was um, uh, I mean Schultz? right over right over the yeah Schultz right over the pad. I mean yeah, but I mean I, I, I oh no Schultz he, you can save so Schultz you can save that thing went five hole. That was a that was a breakdown defensively. That's but 
but I think Schultz, I think Schultz uh, scored two and, and I'm looking at the one where he came in from the point. He got a pass from down low across the ice, catch, uh, caught it in the slot and yeah, came in from the point the and ripped the shot. That's one. Like, man, that's, that's, I, I, that's I a perfect, need, it's a perfect shot. It's a perfect it is shot. A perfect shot, but I need a, I need a save on a perfect shot. I need a goaltender to make me a save in the playoffs to help when there is a breakdown. He didn't make, he didn't give me a save and you can't save all of them. I'm, I understand that, but when there's a breakdown, I need a save to get my team in a position where I can help them win. And I don't think that Ottinger played his best game in that game. That's just, that's, no. that's. Well, I mean, the, the, the overtime goal shouldn't go in. Why does every goaltender go down on their knees every time a shot gets coming? Every time a shot comes, it's they instinctively go right down to their knees. You're I taking one, you're taking one third of the net away when these, when these goaltenders that are six foot four, six foot three, six foot four, six five, they go down on their knees. Their pads are so big that they cover one quarter of the net. And on top of that, their torso and they're so big when they're on their knees, they almost cover all the way yeah. to the crossbar. So that's, but you, it's like they're programmed to go down now. Have you seen more goals? Have you have you seen more goals in, any, in in the history of the National Hockey League than we have maybe this year or the last two years of defensemen defensemen just risking it at the at the net from the point, right? Just throwing the puck at the net, and why? Obviously because there's traffic. But if you throw something high high up in the net, goaltenders are are going down with any shot. And you're finding these pucks are going over these goaltenders' shoulders. Every shot, even if they can't see it, they're guessing. They're guessing. Well, they go I mean. down. They take the bottom away and just hope it hits them. I mean, there's something about goaltenders that can manage to stay up a second, a, a tad second longer before making or reacting to the shot rather rather than reacting before the shot, assuming the shot, right? There's a lot of good goaltenders. I, I don't like to critique goaltenders because it's not my position. But as, as a shooter, as a shooter, I know I'm, if I'm hitting top corners with traffic, that puck's going in because the goaltenders are going down. There's well, it's no interesting. I'm watching. The, I'm watching the highlight right here and uh, of the Seattle um, Dallas game. And you know, in the second period, it was four two Seattle, and Joe Pavelski, who already had two goals in the game, walked out of the corner from the right side of the net, if we're looking at the net and he's a right-handed shot and the goalie's down hugging the post and he just tried to sauce it up by his ears. Now he was unsuccessful with it, but he just tried to chop it up, up over, over the shoulder and yeah. under the crossbar <clears throat> from a yeah. terrible angle because. Well, what was Joe's, was Joe's, was Joe's tie, was Joe's tying goal last night to the, the tip in. Yep. Okay. Was, was, was the goaltender on his knees or on one yes. knee? Yes. Why? There wasn't even a shot coming, and all and and already he's on one knee, and that deflection allows that puck to go up over the shoulder again. There's why in that situation is a goaltender on his knees when a puck is coming in the air to the front of the net, not even on the net. I mean, that's I don't get it, man. You know, what is it? A month ago, we saw Connor McDavid coming down the goal line, and what does he do? He shoots it right at the goaltender's head. Hits him right off the back of the That's head. Right. And scores a goal. That's right. Scores a goal. You know. 
Well, that's the thing. I mean, these goaltenders go down and, 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 and top end players are, are still shooting to score when they're, they're like below the goal line because they're aiming for the goaltender's head to bank it off. Yeah. Their, 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 their. Yeah. It's happened a bunch of times. It seems like Bob Rofsky's back to form. It does. He was spectacular. He made saves. There was the 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 bunting to Nylander toe save. There was the blocker save. save. Oh, there's the blocker save. save in the second. He he was everywhere. And that's a guy that I mean, like, if you're on that team, you're sitting there thinking, like, holy fuck, Bob's in net. Like, what's gonna happen? And I feel like now, I feel like now, just watching the the post game, you know, guys coming out and and giving him the pat on the head, I feel like feel like they have all the confidence in the world in, in this of guy. Of course they do. You guys have seen guys in the locker room and especially goaltenders sometimes and they're and they're sometimes all not there, right? And they're kind of all over the place and and I would have to say and I'm, I'm not I'm not stereotyping but sometimes sometimes the Russian players can get a little bit lackadaisical, right? Can get sort of, you know, and not really hone in, focus in and get get really prepared. Bobrovsky looks like he is zoned in, like he is mentally in everything. He's not daydreaming. He's not, he's not, he's in, he's in ready position all the time. There's no laziness in him. It just seems that he is so laser focused and you have to concentrate on being laser focused. You, You can't just go out there and be it. And I think all the things that are happening with Florida, I think they're preparing I think they're believing they can do it, and I think they're actually thinking hard about what they're doing, right? Rather than just going out and reacting to the game. They're, well, I, is, there any, is there any pressure on Florida to, to win this series? Is there is there truly pressure on Florida? No, not at zero. all. No, is there zero. pressure zero. on Toronto Maple Leafs? Huge, massive, Tons. and this is the Still. difference. More so teams. now because they're playing Florida than if they were playing if they'd be playing Boston. Great point. Great point. Like I, I, I sit here and I look at this first game and it's like, I'm like, man, you would think that Toronto Maple Leafs would be coming out absolutely like gangbusters and, and their top players are going to lead the way you're going to have the, the Matthews, the Marners, the, the Nylanders, the Tavares, they didn't even get a goal. Well, it, they didn't even get a goal. So it's interesting let me, you say hold that on, though. One second, one sec, Petey. Just let me make my point. You, you, you have all of these stars in Toronto that we talk about that fucking flounder in in, in flounder in the first round every single year, but they they did it this year. They got by the first the first game of the second round. Where are they? I know that Sam Bennett scored. I know that Krista Verstegi scored. I know that Montour scored. I know that um, Matthew Kachuk had three assists. And he's all over the goddamn game. I know that Sergey Bobrovsky is playing out of his mind. All the top guys, all the big boys, all the guys you rely on are getting it done for Florida. They're showing up every goddamn game. Where's Toronto guys? Where are they? Yep. 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 I will say this about Toronto. One thing that I, I, I noticed in the game last night was, and maybe this is why they're, they're playing a more physical brand of hockey. Do you see some of the hits that Toronto was throwing last night? Landed a few big, few big bodies on, on some players. That to me is a more uncharacteristic. But, but who is stuff. it? Who are those guys that are doing it? Well, it's, it's your usual suspects. It's Bunting. It's Shen. Shen. Yeah. 
Shen's been a monster in the in, in these. It's like how do you how do you play without this guy in the lineup? He's been awesome. Jake McCabe, another acquisition, a guy that's physical, a guy that's getting nasty and doing. Ryan O'Reilly's played pretty damn good hockey too, right? But you're not winning with Shen making big hits and and McCabe making big hits. You need your stars to get their head out of their ass and dominate games. But sometimes it it's it, it matters who they hit. And they're they're laying the body on Kachuk. Now granted it didn't seem to affect the game last night cuz he had a bunch of points and looked unbelievable. But they're targeting certain guys for sure. For sure they are. It's amazing watching Matthew Kachuk play this game. Like it's like I hate him one minute. Because it's just like, I don't understand why the other team is not targeting Matthew Kachuk every single time he is on the ice. Like, literally, go fucking send one guy, have Braden Shen play against him every single shift, and after every single whistle, go bump him, give him a little push, and say, and then just chirp him. Just get him off his game. Get him away from, get him away. But you know know what, though? Stars. But you know what, though? If there's anybody in the league that I would say probably amps and riles that that would amp and rile him up more would be Matthew yeah, Chuck. Yeah. Probably that guy, that guy, that guy is a old school. Like he is a grinder. You cannot push him out of the game. And, and he is such an antagonist. He'll get in your face. He'll, he'll flip the tides on, on Shen. He'll flip the tides and drive Shen and crazy, crazy because that's, that's Matthew Chuck. You can't, you can't physically push him out of a game because he's tough as nails. And Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. He's not a great skater. He reminds me so much of his dad. He's so much of his dad. Big ass, big legs. He 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 meanders, he you know, slogs across the ice and gets the job done. But I'm telling you right now, he is without a doubt the one of the smartest hockey players that I've ever seen. And I'm when I say smart. I mean, knows where everybody is. His passing ability is unbelievable. His his elusiveness is unbelievable. I, I, it's unreal. but to add to the, he, but to add to that, Jr. When you're talking 
hockey intelligence. Everybody thinks about, you know, where he's going to pass the puck when he receives it and where he's going. No, Mm-mm. Matthew Kachuk is the most insane amount of hockey IQ because he is a predator. He is literally, yeah, he is yeah. literally a lion sitting in a pigeon's den yeah. waiting to pick off the right pigeon yeah. at the right time. He is constantly with drool, with drool coming all down his mouth, just ready. But like he's he's ready not only it, like you know when you know how they how he does things on the ice when you when you watch him and just watch him in everything that he does he is constantly constantly there's there's a laser focus of when he needs to get something done offensively there's a laser focus of when the whistle blows his team's down by a goal and he's skating by a goaltender bumps him for some reason and then chirps the goaltender and then has three players off the other team come in. He Then he takes three shots to the face and he walks away with a smile on his face, knowing that he accomplished a little breaking, little cracks in the armor of the other team because you can't break this kid. I mean... um, Well, you know what he also is, what you're saying too? He's extremely, extremely, extremely efficient. Like... I would have to say Matthew Chuck has got to be up there in the, in the lead, if not the leader in the National Hockey League of of lack of giveaways. Okay, like when he gets the puck, he makes he makes the high percentage play ninety five percent of the time. And when you do that, you protect the puck. When you do that, you get chances to score. When you make high percentage plays and pass the puck to the right to the right person. Instead of trying to throw it through five feet, you know, cross ice to somebody who's might be open, but it's a harder pass. Wow. Matthew Chuck is smart and he wow. makes the efficient play. And that's why he gets so many points. So going into and, last night, who were your picks for the East? Like where, where did you see Toronto, Florida? Who do you have in New Jersey, Carolina? I have Jersey and I'm, I'm sitting here with, I'm here in, in Vegas and Brad May um, is here for the, this, this event that I'm at. And Brad May is convinced that Carolina is going to win the Stanley Cup. And I said, I don't think Carolina is going to get past Jersey. And he's all up in arms. He's like, Carolina's the best team. I, I picked them before everything. So I don't know why he's so big on Carolina. Carolina, with their injuries, makes me nervous. Tara Biden out. Um, was it, it, it Shurgachev? What's his name? Shurgachev? Svestikov. Svestikov. That's what I can do, man. Yeah, Shvestnikov is... Um, I, I said the same thing, JR, when when we talked about this yesterday, Petey and I, or Petey asked me about New Jersey, Carolina, what's what's your pick? And I'm like, oh man, if 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 Carolina had Snevestikov and Taravina, these are two of their top six players. Snevestikov's probably their second best player on, on offense. He's incredible. Um, you can't replace those guys. You just can't replace them. Someone's going to have to try, but you're never going to replace those guys. And New Jersey, those I are think points. those are points. Point point guys are hard to replace. You can you can yes. replace grit guys and and worker guys. You can't you can't put you can't make somebody on the team all of a sudden become a point producer. That's right, just like that. Who'd you pick, Toronto, Florida? I picked Toronto. I mean, how could I not pick Toronto? You know, and, and they finally overcame the the demon. You know, they won a big game in, in Tampa. You would think that they're sky high, but again, they come out last night and <laughs> they didn't look like a team that, that should be with that has confidence. They 
Florida just Florida out outworked them. Florida outpassed them. Florida got bigger saves. Florida, you know, did it did it right. We're, and Toronto just there was no bite. I didn't see any bite. I, mean, well, I I know I know they made hits enough, but there wasn't just just wasn't urgency, a sense of urgency. And yes, Bobrovsky was awesome. And sometimes maybe the goaltender frustrated them and and won the game for him. Well, ten, tonight you have uh, Vegas. I, Oilers. I can't wait. Is that the one you're watching? This is going to be the series that I'm going to watch the most, and I'm mean, actually contemplating going to the game tonight because it's going to it's going to be it's going to be awesome. I played golf the other day with um with um with Shea Theodore and Steve and and um, Stevenson the other day, and that White Cloud. And what great guys, by the way. First of all, awesome guys. They're golfing right now. Well, it was last. It was on Sunday. It was on Sunday, so that was three days ago. They had what three days, four days off. Yeah. All right. So, so they're but they're you should hear them talk. They're like they're they're really they're they're the, the confidence is there, but they're like Edmonton man is going to be fucking tough. Like how they're going to stop those those two guys? So there's, I mean, I think I think Vegas is going to win, and I'm not going to say really? it's my advantage. Really? So not because of home, not because of home ice advantage. Because home ice advantage doesn't mean fuck off this year. Doesn't yeah, mean it doesn't anything. Mean, it doesn't mean yeah. anything. Yeah. Why do you no think they're going to win? Thing. I don't know. I just I, I like their team. I I really think I really think that um, I think Jack's going to have a good series. I think he's going to amp up. Uh, Mark Stone is feeling better. Is healthy. And I've never said I like, what I said about a playoff series yesterday because it's just it, it, it it's. It's crazy to even say because there's so much uncertainty in the playoffs. But I say this with about as much confidence as I can have when I make the statement. I think the Edmonton Oilers are absolutely going to shit kick badly the Vegas Golden Knights in a dirty style. Okay, 100 bucks. I said five games. I said five games. I'll even give you a game... I mean, I listen. It's not it's not overly crazy because Edmonton looks awesome, and the two guys are awesome, are playing phenomenal. They're getting good support. When I win this, when I win this, I I just I I want you to send me a check so I can frame it. I don't even want the money. I just want a fucking check with your name on it and your signature on it. Hundred bucks and on the memo, lost bet. That's it. Frame (laughs) it. Put it up in my kids' room. Just just be prepared because if you do lose. If you do lose, you're going to get a verbal ass kicking from me because of your okay. your your Connor McDavid Drysital. We want Canada to win. Oh, you okay. oh you think this is a this is patriotism talking here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Jr., I'm going to have to go with my boy Petey. Oh. I think, I think yeah. the Edmonton Oilers right now. Man, do I love watching that hockey team. I th- I just think again, they we are awesome. Here in- they could. They we could talk awesome. about Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid till we're blue in the face. But we spoke about this, and and PD and I spoke about this this year, saying when Connor McDavid gets knocked out, or when Connor McDavid doesn't even make the playoffs, because they were out of the, they were like out of the playoffs at one point. You know, you know what's going to happen? Are they going to trade him? Are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? Well, Connor McDavid, that team right now, Zach Hyman is playing like a. Brick and player, you've got 
uh, Evander Kane back being the power forward that he is. You got Yamamoto first round uh, draft pick for for Edmonton's playing great. Um, Nugent Hopkins scored a hundred fricking points this year. First time, uh, uh, three guys on a team have scored a hundred points. And I can't even remember how long. Okay. I mean, you know, what changes team, you know, what changes team. I think in the most way, because they're, I think defensively, they've been awesome. Getting Ekholm on yes. that team is probably one of the biggest moves that was made at the deadline by anybody, because nobody talks about how good Ekholm is. That guy has been always the been perfect, behind. Yeah. Yeah. He's always perfect been fitting the, puzzle piece, right? He is the unreal. perfect piece that fit perfectly in w- what they were trying to do to 100%. solidify that back end to, to have pairs now, uh, uh, CC and, and, um, you know, to play with Ekblad and then you have, uh, you know, the, the big road runner, um, uh, yeah, Bouchard and and who's the the Darnell Nurse? I mean, you have a top four now that you can ride like stallions, and it solidifies yeah. your back end. You know, 100%. instead instead of having a a Tyson Berry who is a very good hockey player, but he's not a defensive guy. He is very soft. He's easy to play against. Right now, you bring in a Matthias Ekholm. I mean, he's a beast, man. He is a beast. defensive minded beast that's adding a little bit of offense. He can and, play and then, offense. The guy yeah. can go. And then you've got the big, go. uh, uh, how do you say his last name, Petey? The, the, the big kid on defense, an absolute mutant, tough as friggin' balls, uh, Descharmes. Is that it? Oh, uh, Deharnay. Deharnay. Yeah. So Vincent he, he, plays, he plays about 10, 12 minutes a game and he plays a solid brand of hockey, but he's, he adds that element of, Hey, shit's hitting the fan. Deharnay. Yeah. Yeah. Get out there and uh, you know deal hey, with I don't the, know about deal with the shit. I don't know about you, PD, but um, as a forward going against a team and looking back at the defensive core, right? It's it's highly intimidating to see the size. Okay, the size of Nurse, the size of Darnay, the size of Ekholm. These guys are beasts of men that can play that are hard, yeah. right? That are mean. I'm, that Darnell Nurse, man, is is no joke of a of a of a tough son of a bitch. Well you play the game. I always looked at that board in the locker room before I went out and I I looked at what am I going to be up against? Like what who are the defensive pairs? Who's in, who's out? And yeah. there's always there's one or two guys that I always saw on the board that I'm like Huck, it's gonna fucking, it's gonna hurt, man. It's it's gonna be a hard night. I gotta I gotta be ready for this, without question. And it's not that you don't, you're still not confident. It's just that there's there's that little that little piece of your brain that's just like, oh fuck, man. And that's that's all you need sometimes for 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 a team. It's just and they have, have that, and they have Darnell Nurse. I love this kid, man. He might he might be one of the top five toughest players in the NHL. That's why he doesn't fight anymore. Oh, and you know what? Listen, I mean, uh, at nine and a half million bucks or nine point two five, whatever he's making, I don't want him fighting. Like I, I want him to fight if he needs to fight, maybe a couple times a year. You know, make a statement. But you don't want him fighting. You want him being highly aggressive. You want him 
playing power play. You want him on the penalty kill. You want him playing 25 minutes a night. He can't have this guy in the box. You know why he doesn't have to fight anymore. That's kind of my point is he's already waxed guys that he needs to wax to gain the reputation. Do you remember early in his career he got in a fight and they zoomed to his father and his fucking dad was in the stands like throwing punches and cheering and like (laughs) loving every second of it? Yeah. You're just kind of like, man, like this guy grew up taught to play hockey the right way, we taught to play how we were taught to play hockey. And then now he has to be one of the most comfortable defensemen when going back for the puck in this day and age NHL than a vast majority of players. Because guys, yeah, are I, I totally agree him. with you. I totally agree with you. But it's, it's going to be a great series. There's no question about it. Okay. So you guys got Carolina. I got, I got Jersey. No, I have Jersey. Craig has Carolina. Oh, you have Jersey. Okay, you got Carolina. So, and you guys both have Edmonton. I got, I got, uh, I got Vegas. All right. In okay, fact, boys. I changed my mind. I don't want a check. I want a an autographed hundred dollar bill. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> you know why? Because then he's still going to spend it. He's still going to spend that. No, I'm, I'm going to sell if, it for four hundred. If I have to do it, if I have to do it, I'm a, I'm going to use my really really keen, great ability of artwork to draw. A little middle finger right on there right on that pick on that just give you the just give you the bird but it's with a knob on the top with mark stone's knob on the top of the middle finger oh dude i saw the knob i saw him he got hit the other day he got up and he let go and he had the stick in the other hand and the knob came up and i went oh my god there's the knob that was one of the funniest episodes an entire roll of tape is put on his stick in that knob it's ridiculous it's a terrible knob i'm telling you he's got a big horn because he's got it, he has to have a big horn. Because he has, he's it's only it's comfort, it's yeah. comfort. To have a knob like that, you got to represent, right? You got to know yeah, what you're grabbing. Right. On, you got to know what you're yeah. grabbing onto, Jr. Yeah. Is the Hart Trophy nominees out, out out yet? They are not. They even, does it even matter? Is Pasternak can Pasternak be on that Hart Trophy ballot? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have him on that Hart ballot. I know he scored okay, so sixty got, goals. Yeah. I know he had a hundred. So is McDavid and Drysaddle both on it? I think you have to have. I think you have to have them. Yeah, you have to have both do. of them, right? Yeah, I think you do. I think you do. Well, then who gets but number who join, three? Who, join, who joins them? Who joins them? Matthew Kachuk. I think, I, man, there's there's a couple there's a couple things, and and you're gonna bite my head off on this one. I know you are, but Eric Carlson scored a hundred points. 101 points, had 25 goals as a defenseman with 101 points. And uh, I know that San Jose was not very good. No, they weren't very the playoffs, good. man. It's I, like... I understand that. Um, but he was pretty important to the San Jose Sharks. No, he was the important. He was the. It wasn't. He was the. Uh, so, you know, they, so, uh, so, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I know I San do, Jose was like the fifth worst team in the league this year. And. I don't know. Like, if if you didn't have Eric Carlson on the, would they be the worst team in the league? That's kind of what you're trying to say. But I don't really like putting Eric Carlson in the Norris. We're gonna give him Norris. He's got to get the Norris. Who 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 are you gonna give the Norris to? Uh, not him. Really, I'd give it to him in the fucking New York minute. Well, he's going to get it, but. I just, I, I'm like, that's, it's great. You, I, I think it's incredible that we have seen a defenseman get a hundred points in today's day and age. Cause it was so rare for even a defense. 30 years, have, 30 been, years, exactly. 30 years, 30 years. Brian Leach, 1993. But, 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 but what we've seen in the past when it comes to Norris trophy 
points points don't don't win Norris trophies. We we saw that with Roman Yossi last year. Roman Yossi should have walked away with that fucking Vezina. Tro- I mean that um, Norris trophy last year. <laughs> Easy. What do you have? Ninety six points last year, Roman yeah. Yossi, and he didn't get it. Yeah, but who beat him? So Hedman, I think, beat him. Was it Hedman last year that got got it? No, no it was Kale McCarr. Oh, Kale McCarr. Yeah, Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr had eighty seven no, points or eighty. No, yes, he, he did. Had, no, he had, no, he had seven. Didn't he have like seventy six points? Seventy eight points last year. Uh, Kale McCarr last year. I know he had sixty six points in sixty games this year, and I think that's why a lot of people are overlooking him. Colorado was like average, and then he came back into the lineup, and he he had eighty six points last year. And how many games? It was eighty six. Seventy seven. Wow. Twenty eight goals, and he was plus forty eight. Like this year, sixty games, seventeen goals, twenty eight goals plus forty eight on the number one team in the league. So I mean, it's I, I mean, do you give it to Roman Yossi, who had an unbelievable year, um, ninety six points? Um, well, that's what I said. Point, points points don't really uh, calculate to winning Norris's. So we saw that. So, yeah. I mean, it could even, uh, listen, this is a long shot and it's not going to happen, but Josh Morrissey in Winnipeg. I mean, they sneak into the playoffs. He oh, Awesome year. Awesome like, year. Awesome year. Awesome. The most out of, out of sight, out of mind defenseman too, yeah. because Josh Morrissey yeah. has never even come close to being in a top 15, 20 in the league. He's yeah. a very good defenseman. Don't get me wrong, but he's never been in a top 20 conversation for the top 20 defenseman in the league. Exactly this year, right. he's had an incredible year, an incredible mm-hmm. year. Um, and he does everything well. It's not just the point producing. He defends very well. He skates very well. He distributes the puck very well. Like, I mean, he was a power play guy, penalty kill guy. He was a Swiss army knife for uh, the Winnipeg Jets. And, you know, is he going to win the Vesna or the Norris? No, because I just, I just think, I mean, we're, we're in a situation where we're looking at a, a defenseman that has done something that no other defenseman has done in 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I watched, I watched some games of Eric Carlson just to kind of watch him to see how he, he was dynamic beyond dynamic on a really shitty team he was a factor every single time he was on the ice that's how good he is well that's because he was allowed to do whatever he wanted because the outcome of the game didn't matter you know like true does he distribute the puck maybe one or two times uh instead of carrying it all the way if they're actually like playing a structured playoff style brand of hockey yeah maybe but Trying to trying to defend. Question: I want to just switch gears real quick because I know we're getting close to being the end. I want to. This is just a conversation because I'm here in Vegas, and this is going to be a great series. I, I want to go back to the series real quick. Um, I was talking with the guys the other day, and I was asking them, and and I think you'll understand what I'm why I'm going this time of the year in playoffs when it gets warm. What's the one thing that we all get worried about as players? Start thinking about golf. Nope. Nope. What's the one thing? What's the one thing that drives us crazy? And and as the playoffs go further, as the weather gets warmer, the ice conditions become very very mm. different. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. There you the, go. I, the, I, the ice conditions in this build in this T-Mobile building 
now it's it's hot here man it's hot it's it's in the hundreds already here and i asked the guys the other day how's the ice at t-mobile right now and he goes they go like this not good it's slow it's soft and i wonder just if they could be used to that and i'm thinking about because i'm thinking about dry saddle and mcdavid right they play on that fucking piece of that piece of ice up in edmonton and all three of us know how unbelievable that ice sheet is up in Edmonton, right? It's just like, it's you don't even want to step on it because it looks so good and it's so crisp and it's so hard. They're going to go into T-Mobile Arena and their, their blades are going to sink a, a millimeter into the ice and they're going yeah. to feel like they're skating in quicksand. Well, they're going to, the players strategically are going to have to change their contour of their, of their blade. Um, yeah, other cut, where, other cut. you know, some guys have five, eight, some guys have halves. Um, you're going to have to change your, your contour of your blade to match the ice that you're going to be skating on. Right. Yeah. And that, that and, and that's going to be up to the trainers that here's where yeah. the trainer is going to come in. Right. The trainers are going to, are going to ask the players, listen, it's going to be a head ache. It's yeah. going to be a headache for those yeah. trainers. This is when you yeah. feel for the trainers at this time of year, when you're, when you're talking yeah. about stuff that you're talking about, the type of ice that you're skating on for people that are listening, all ice is different. Whether you're skating in Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton is going to yeah. be very yeah. different than LA, you know, Anaheim, San Jose, Dallas, um, yeah. Florida, Tampa, Carolina, the ice is different everywhere. It's different everywhere. So you're going to have to change. There's a, there's a, what do you it's call called it? called a radius. It's called the radius. It's called the radius, the radius of the blade. Some guys have a deeper one. Some guys have more shallow. If it's more shallow, you get more glide. If it's deeper, then you can stop quicker. But usually it depends on the type of ice that you're skating on. Some is softer well, ice. You would, have to, you would have to say the way that Connor McDavid skates, he has to have a big radius. He has to have a like sharp ass skates for him to turn on a dime because what you're talking about, and I know it's very technical for people that are listening, but the flatter the blade, the harder it is to get your edges in and make these sharp turns. I remember Paul Coffey used to have almost no, no edge because he came around that, uh, that net and that he, his speed got so fast because he had more of the edge, more of the blade on the ice. And actually what it does is, is it melts and it makes for more gliding sensation and you know when that water comes underneath your edge, that's why Paul Coffey can skate so fucking fast because he's literally he's literally gliding on the ice. Whereas McDavid skates, being in Edmonton where the ice is so hard and he has big edges, he can turn on a dime. Yeah. Right? He's not. I mean, granted, he's going to be able to do that again, but it's it's not. It doesn't feel the same as a player, and that that messes with your head, man. It does. I hated bad ice. I hated going into into Madison Square Garden after after the after the the circus was there because the fucking <laughs> the ice was chipping up all over the place. I mean, you got the elephants ice. outside still there, yeah. shitting all over the place. Remember that, Petey? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was there. Longest shit, longest shit rolled right down. They were hosing down the elephants, and you know how yes. you walk up the ramp. Remember that rip? Oh my yeah. walk god! And they're hosing the elephants off, and all the shit down, and it's rolling and dripping, and going all the way down that yeah. uh, that. And uh, it stunk so bad; walkway. it was insane. Yeah. Oh, I remember. I remember playing the eight o'clock game in Madison Square Garden on Saturday night. I, I get to the game at four, right? 
I get to the game four, they had the Ringling Brothers there noon. And yeah. for the Ringling Brothers, there's no ice, right? I, I'm walking up and there's a fucking camel and an <laughs> elephant sitting right there in front of me. And I'm watching them. I'm watching them spraying the ice down. They're literally spraying and laying the ice sheet down at four o'clock for an eight o'clock game. I'm like, this ice is going to be fucking awful. And it was. It chipped away a couple times. We hit we hit cement. It was awful. I, I it was a terrible terrible hockey game. Fun It'll to see the elephant. See though. what happens in Florida because Florida's ice has never been good. Never been good. Never been good. But man, and you remember state is skating on that stuff, man. It was it was next level when when we when we next played. Level. It's like skating on a slushy. Yeah, it's awful. It was, it was literally like skating on a slushy, and you yeah. had to actually work harder to try and gain more speed. And everything that you did, you had to How work harder because puck? the ice was so bad. How about collect the puck? It doesn't come smooth. It comes it comes bouncy, yeah. right? Passing That's where your, your tape it, gets it all lay. wet and it just starts to sh- to just shred at the bottom. That's when I was like missing passes because yeah. I was hung over from the night before. I was blaming it on the ice. I'm like, this ice is terrible right now. <laughs> Might be the worst uh, place to play 25 yeah. minutes and hung over, eh, Riv? Oh, yeah. Hey, Dominated but all that of a sudden, night. But, but people don't understand. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, those those one-time passes that usually land flat and glide and just zip, glide right along the ice, now those passes are going to come they're going to hit. They're going to bounce. It's going to, yeah. I'm telling you, it's going to affect the, the way the puck is is moved. It's going to affect, guys have to be more, more, you know, focused. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Well, I'll tell you this. I didn't get to play, or I don't think I played. Oh, maybe I did. I don't think I got to play in the new Edmonton building. Okay, because that that came in. Do you know what year that came? I know out? I did. Yeah, twenty fifteen. That was okay. I was so I didn't play in that building. So I can only I can only remember in Edmonton because Edmonton they did they did surveys for the NHL around the entire NHL, and Edmonton was an overwhelming favorite, number one place in the league for ice. There was no second behind him. Um, I know actually Montreal was second, by the way, but anyway, Edmonton, the ice was so hard. It's almost like they, they didn't have the, I don't think they had the circus. I don't think they had all these things that, where they were taking the ice in and out all the time. And it was so cold in Edmonton that, I mean, the ice, I, I can't even explain it. It is, it was like skating was- on steel steel ice you can turn and you don't even dig into it you just like glide it's the way it was it was faster it was sex on ice it was sex Sex on ice ice. there you go i'm telling you it was awesome that's a wrap on another episode of after the whistle don't forget to follow us on twitter after the whistle and at craig revey 52 at the instigator 76 you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.